Welcome to the Apartment Investors Show, where we help you get smart and invest smarter in multifamily real estate. I am your host, JC Castillo, founder and managing principal of the Multifamily Property Group. And joining me as always is my good buddy, my co-host, the godfather of lending, Mr. Paul Peebles, national underwriter for Old Capital Lending. Paulie, how are you doing today? We're doing great. Uh, we don't have the uh, fires that Northern California has, but uh, I'm sure that uh, you guys are scrambling quite quite a bit. But uh, I'm excited about this this show today, and the reason being is that um, you know you see all the uh, the firefighters going down the street in their big red engines or yellow engines, and you see the fire lights going on. Well, that's a little bit how I see Northern California today, and through the pandemic. And all the craziness that's that's going on within the state itself, whether they're thinking about doing a wealth tax or increasing the um, state income tax or just the craziness of people living in the city and rents. And so, you know, we are excited today to have probably uh, one of the eminent uh, multifamily gurus up in the Bay Area that works for a company that we have done a lot of business with in the past. They're really based out of Houston, Texas. And uh, we we do a lot of business with these guys, and we think very highly of this group. And so, uh, JC, will you introduce our guest? Absolutely, Paul. You know, we we do not like to uh, listen to talking heads, as we like to say. We like to get our information from the experts. And so, today, what we figured we would do is give all of our listeners a little treat and talk about the San Francisco Bay Area multifamily real estate market and what's going on with COVID-19 and San Francisco Bay Area real estate. So today we want to welcome to the show, Mr. Shavu Srinivasan of, of Transwestern uh, Capital, Transwestern uh, Commercial Real Estate. So Shavu, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, JC, for having me. Uh, definitely excited to be here and kind of share some uh, insight into the market. Um, you know, I know you guys operate uh, almost in a different universe out there uh, in Dallas, you know, lots of uh, differences between uh, uh, multifamily apartments, regulations, laws, um, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to kind of share with you guys some some insight in this, uh, you know, post-pandemic world uh, we're in or still currently in a pandemic. You know, we're seeing, uh, you know, a lot of shifts, a lot of changes out here in, in, in what uh, is usually a very bulletproof real estate market. Um, so, Let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, I almost want to be like Fox News. Let's make it fair and balanced. And uh, talk, to, talk to me about the multifamily business. Um, talk to me about just a couple of things that are positive of what's going on in the multifamily business uh, in California, especially up in the Bay Area. And then talk to me about some of the things that are kind of negative that uh, you just want to make sure that sellers are aware of about what, what's going on in, in the Northern California area and kind of Give us a, a, a background. What is what is the Bay Area? Where does that where does your territory start and end? Yeah, so we cover the Bay Area, uh, primarily the East Bay and also the I eighty corridor up to the state capital of Sacramento. Um, you know, we've also uh, started to kind of prospect uh, over the past year into the uh, some of the uh, Central Valley markets, such as Modesto, Stockton, Tracy, uh, more suburban type markets. So. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, growth and pressure from the Bay Area spilling over into uh, some of these uh, what are traditionally secondary or maybe even tertiary markets. Um, and there's been a flight of capital from the Bay Area 
to some of these other locations. And it's kind of like a microcosm of what's happening on a national level. Maybe money's leaving California, going to Texas or Denver, you know, Salt Lake City. You know, if you kind of shut that down into this region, we're seeing money going from the Bay Area to Sacramento or to Stockton, Modesto. Um, so, yeah, we specialize in, in multifamily. I run a four-man team. Uh, you know, um, my average listing right now is about $10 million dollars. Um, I got guys on my team who do some smaller stuff. We are also, you know, working on some on some larger deals as well. Um, but uh, yeah, those are the territories we cover as far as, you know, the pros and cons right now at this current time. Um, you know, the, I think the Bay Area has always kind of been the gold standard of, of national multifamily, given the uh, sky high rents you can get um, here. Uh, so you know, I think right now we're, we're kind of seeing a dramatic kind of shift in, in, in lifestyle choices and, and people are rethinking how they live and where they want to live. And, and um, you know, urban, uh, urban centers, densely populated areas right now are not very popular. A lot of people are moving out, going to these more suburban markets. Um, so I think there's pros and cons to both of those things. Um, you know, if you look at Sacramento, you know, maybe similar to Dallas in many ways over there, we're still seeing strong um strong rents and, and, and values holding steady, maybe even price per door is going up because of these uh, ultra low interest rates we're seeing. Um, you know, the, the interest rates have compressed more than the cap rates have compressed after the pandemic. So maybe cap rates have adjusted slightly upwards, but the interest rates have adjusted downwards. So in a way, um, you know, we are seeing those markets um, somehow are, are appreciating even a little bit. Um, um, and then <clears throat> here in the Bay Area as well, you know, we're seeing a shift uh, given the regulations, you know, maybe the boomers or the, the people who've been in business for a longer time who want to be more hands off or going out of state. Um, but nevertheless, there's no doubt this is also an incredible buying opportunity for the new age of investors, the younger guys who are willing to roll their sleeves up and get their hands dirty. So I think there's pros and cons on, on, on both sides. It's a good time to sell. It's also a good time to buy. Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's say, rent control, about what's going on. You guys kind of led the way uh, Sacramento did last year about trying to implement rent control throughout the state. What type of an impact have you seen on rent control uh, up in your territory? Yeah, well, you know, rent control is nothing new in the Bay Area, um, especially in some of the cities that uh, I first started brokering in. Oakland, for example, has one of the most stringent rent controls in the entire state. Oakland, Berkeley, San Francisco. Um, so for us, it's nothing new for a lot of the bigger institutional kind of national uh, players. <clears throat> um, you know, we're seeing a lot of those guys are being more cautious. Uh, they have been more cautious. There's a bill, AB 1482, they instituted uh, essentially what equates to about an 8% cap on, on annual rent hikes which most people um, said, you know, that's, that's probably fine. But the, the issue is that this is kind of a never ending battle. You know, now that they got in the 8% rent cap, they're going to want 5%, then they're going to want 3%. So it's always this constant battle that I don't see ending anytime soon. Housing is always going to be a shortage here in California. Um, and, uh, you know, with the virus and the pandemic, uh, you know, there have been a lot of emergency ordinances that have been put in place. And I think rightfully so. A lot of these people, through no fault of their own, have lost their jobs or their income and they do need protection. Uh, what is slightly concerning, though, is a lot of the local city councils, <clears throat> they're moving to make some of those ordinances more uh, permanent. Um, and that is causing concern amongst a lot of landlords. 
So Shavu, if, if I'm if I'm an owner, let's say in in San Francisco right now, and you know I've I've got a, a property uh, in that in that in that vicinity, um, and I'm getting pretty concerned about these sorts of things happening. You know, what are some of the words of wisdom that you would impart uh, to these folks out here with real estate in those markets? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's kind of maybe at a different stage in their <clears throat> investment career. Um, like I said, if you're maybe a kind of uh, older generation who's who's already put in all your sweat equity and now you just kind of want to ride off into the sunset, still have some secure income, you know, I think there's no doubt the writing's on the wall. It's it's time to get out. It's time to sell. It's time to go to a less regulated state uh, where you, you can have a bigger footprint when you look at a price per door or a cap rate. You can have higher cash flow and own more units. Um, so there's no doubt in my mind um, for that generation, you know, it, it's probably time to, to move. And I think this virus is kind of uh, accelerating um, that through, you know, not only the economic downturn, but also the population shift from these markets to to those markets. Um, so that would be my advice, you know, and then to the, uh, the younger people as well, I would say, you know, money's basically free right now. We went from a low interest rate environment to an ultra low interest rate environment. Um, so, you know, if you look at the, the last recession, a lot of the most successful uh, industry leaders kind of, um, they built their business in 2010, 11, 12. So I think over these next uh, uh, couple of years, you're going to see some, some incredible opportunities uh, to invest. And I think the guys are going to be aggressive and, and look to still deploy capital are, are, are going are to look real smart in five years. As they say in investing, you can't get hurt by taking profits. You can't get hurt by taking profits. So if, you, if there's large profits that you've already made, maybe it's time for you to sell and do an exchange into some way, some other area that uh, that may be landlord friendly. So maybe JC has some answers for that <laughs> that part. But I am concerned about you know you know what's happening to the Bay Area. I was in a conversation with a buddy of mine that lives over in the San Jose area that, you know, he rents and he has been renting for a long period of time. He's a smart guy. His, his lease was coming up and his lease at an A-class building uh, that they, they just wanted him to continue to pay next year the same rent he was paying this year. He was like, well, oh, people that are coming in are getting a discount. I want to get that same discount. Oh, no, 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 no discount on that. No, no, I want to get the discount or I'll just move out. And they said, oh, well, if you're serious now, maybe we'll, we will discount it. So they, they discounted by $700 a month in less rent. And if you multiply that out by 12 months and multiply that by the number of units in that, that property, not all of them are going to turn. That's a, that's a large concern that I, I had in what's going on. So I think I kind of go back that if you've, you've gotten your profits, maybe it's a good time to take those and, and possibly sell down the road. Uh, JC, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, uh, you know, I mean, I live in San Jose and, uh, and so, you know, Shavu and I are, 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 are Bay Area people. And, uh, and I agree with you that we're seeing the same things out here uh, that Shavu and you were, you were talking about. That is that a lot of people are choosing to uh, move out to the suburbs rather than stay in these urban centers, which, which actually for the most part have been a little bit dead because of the pandemic anyways, and people are already working from home. So if they can save themselves, you know, several hundred dollars a month by moving out of the city, even if it's on a temporary one year, two year basis, um, they're going to do that. 
So, you know, uh, there's definitely been huge rent drops uh, that have been sort of felt almost instantaneously, which is unheard of in the Bay Area market. I mean, uh, Shavu, what I'm curious about is what does all this mean in the temporary sense? And I think that it could be a great buying opportunity in the Bay Area, but what does it mean for somebody that's actually got a deal in the market right now? What are they seeing in terms of, what are you seeing in terms of valuation differences pre-pandemic and post-pandemic here in a, a city like San Francisco or Oakland? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We have about $70 million listed right now. Um, and, uh, you know, the people that are still active looking to deploy capital, you know, they're all pretty much saying the same thing. They're looking for probably around a 10% discount. Um, you know, when you look at a lot of our listings, uh, you know, and some are even less. I would say that, you know, the more kind of uh, denser location closer to the core are taking a bigger hit. So we have uh, about 30, $35 million listed in Oakland. And we're seeing about a 10% reduction there. But if you go out to some other markets, may, maybe it's uh, it's not quite 10%, but probably between 5 and 10%. But I think when you look at the overall state of the economy and you look at what's really happening out there, you know, a 5 and 10% discount is, is not bad at all. In fact, I, I would argue it, it's really good. Um, considering the the context, um, so you know we're just coming out of a five or eight year boom for valuations. So I know it's kind of hard for a lot of people to digest. Hey, my property is worth ten percent less overnight, um, but I still think it's a good time to sell because I I do think this recovery in in the urban areas is going to take a couple years. Um, you know, I think next year is going to be really tough. I think uh, potentially. Um, tougher than than the situation right now. And I do know one thing, interest rates can't get, get any lower. So there is some risk, although it might be very small, that maybe interest rates, you know, climb at some point. So I think the low rates are keeping uh, the valuations within that 5 to 10% range. You know, if rates were closer to what they were pre-pandemic, um, that number would be bigger. So if you're somebody that's thinking about selling I think you still get out now, get a good price. From what I hear, a lot of these uh, other markets, whether it's it's Dallas or, or Denver or Salt Lake City, their rents are holding steady. Um, I've heard in Boise, they're actually going up. So um, Yeah, the, the rest of the United States is not like uh, the Bay Area right now. Uh, you know, in Dallas or Texas, we, I can kind of speak to that specifically. Now, there are some challenges in some of the lower class C properties, but in the B and the C pluses, Rents are stable. There is no COVID-19 discount when it comes to, to property values. And, and you're absolutely correct. The discount really has come in the form of the capital markets, where rates were at four, four and a quarter last year. I mean, they're at uh, below three. So I don't know, you know, the, the banks are not going to pay pay you to, to buy a multifamily property. But you're absolutely correct, Chad. It, it is pretty damn low right now, especially if you could do non-recourse and get uh, up to, say, 80% leverage in some of these these markets outside, where in, in Northern California, you, you had to put down 35 or even 40%. Who are, who are the, the buyers coming in right now and looking to buy in the area? And how big of a disconnect is it between the sellers that think this is just temporary versus uh, you know the people that are thinking that, no, this could be a permanent deal? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you, you still see a lot of mid-market uh, kind of not quite institutional, but a level below that, these kind of 10 to $30 million uh, players who have uh, 
you know, their group sponsors, their syndicators, they have high net worth individuals, um, who, who are sitting on cash and, 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 uh, you know, the cash isn't earning anything in the bank. So those guys, they have uh, money to deploy. They want to take advantage of these low rates. So I think those are the guys being the most active from what I'm hearing from the institutional guys, they're much more cautious. You know, they're deploying large, large sums of capital into every deal. So understandably so. Um, it, it seems like they kind of want to wait it out a little bit and have some more. In, in the B and C market that you you guys kind of specialize in, are you seeing a lot of overseas money coming in to say, you know, uh, this may be just a temporary deal for a year or two or three, but I think I want to deploy cash if I'm coming from Hong Kong or if I'm coming from from other areas of the, of the world to to kind of specialize in in that great uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, I mean, I think in the Bay Area, there's always kind of overseas overseas money uh, coming in. Um, you know, I'm not sure necessarily that it, it it's uh, increased or decreased. I can't say with any certainty. Um, but what I can say is, all the capital that's out there, um, there still is a lot of capital, but they're all kind of looking for this kind of five to ten percent discount. Um, so, you know, I think uh, the U.S. overall is still kind of the place you want to invest your money in. Even though we might uh, be be struggling right now, I do think it, and, you know, in a, in a few years, the real estate market will continue on an upwards climb. And you know, in many ways, uh, while valuations certainly could be down, even here in the Bay Area, you know, one argument I've I've heard from from investors and buyers is, <clears throat> relatively speaking, these assets are actually appreciating on a yield basis. Because if you look at the adjustment in the cap rate, um, it's a smaller adjustment than uh, what we're seeing as far as rents coming down, as far as delinquency going up, right? So it's not a one-to-one adjustment. You know, the cap rate isn't fully uh, moving to to uh, um, compensate the buyer for all that uh, lost income. It's only partially compensating them. So from a yield perspective, you know, you could argue that the property is actually kind of uh, appreciating when you look at the percentage of that yield. I used to see a lot of buses leaving uh, Facebook and delivering folks up into San Francisco or going across the bridge over to northern uh, to the North Bay area. Are you are you still seeing the uh, the folks on the buses, or they kind of decided, listen, I'm not staying in the city anymore, and I'm I'm moving out? Well, everybody's working from home, so um, yeah, I'm sure the buses are. You know, maybe there's some essential people. You know software or hardware engineers more likely that still need to go into, you know, IBM or Intel or or these kind of companies. But for the most part, um, you know, Google, Salesforce, they've all told their employees they don't need to come to the office. So at least uh, summer 2021. So, um, you know, yeah, we're we're, just kind of winding down this conversation and JC, I'll ask you this question. I mean, I mean, are you seeing, like uh, people that maybe have gotten huge amount of profits that came out of the own real estate in, in San Francisco for, for 20 years or so to kind of go to safe shores and into an air, another area of the country and then, you know, buy something over there and then possibly just wait, wait it out and then maybe come in the next, uh, you know, two or three years, maybe come in and, and rebuy in Northern California. What's your take? Yeah, Paul. I mean, I think that, um, we have definitely noticed it um, as a company and and being in this business for a while, I, I definitely have seen an uptick of 
uh, high net worth people that are coming out of uh, exchanges with big capital gains coming out of California and wanting to go to um, out of state uh, markets because of the more business friendly slash um, we'll call it um, you know landlord friendly uh, atmosphere for uh, for real estate investing. And so I think that one of the challenges that a lot of these investors face, uh, and we talk to them a lot, is that um, you know they they really know the Bay Area market backwards and forwards. And so there's a comfort level there. And so when you talk about a person that's owned in one market for 20 or 30 years, and suddenly now they realize the writing's on the wall and they've got to go out and go outside of the of their market, it's kind of like it's almost like a pioneer going going west, except now they're going east. And there's a lot of uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt that they have. So what we try to do as a company is, is really let them know that we can help advise them because we've been investing out of state as a company that's based in California for 14 years now. So we really act as an advisory uh, company to sort of help show them uh, not only what's out there, but also the knowledge of how to make the deal work and operate so that they can be a little bit more hands-off as sort of um, you know, people that are riding off into the sunset themselves and looking for a more of a passive uh, uh, style approach to their investing. So, um, you know, Polly, we definitely have seen an uptick and and we are here as a company really to sort of service and help uh, in an advisory role, those people and those clients to really place their money in, in other markets where they can sort of sit back and have um, a relatively um, less involved experience as, as a real estate investor. Any, Chevy, let's finish it off here. And then any good words of wisdom right now that uh, when you pick up a phone and are talking with a potential seller of a property, what are you, what are you kind of leading with and telling them? Um, and then um, let's, let's just ask that first question. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, it, again, it kind of boils down to each individual's investment goals. And if uh, a lot of people are just kind of getting a little uh, tired of, of hands-on management, um, you know, then I, I've introduced, I think, a couple people to uh, to JC um, this year. And and I think I'll probably be introducing a lot more people uh, to, to JC here in the next uh, couple months. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, it, going into a kind of a group deal or group sponsor deal uh, as a LP is, is pretty appealing because we saw this huge demand for kind of triple net property over the past few years, which obviously right now is, is very shaky with uh, the, you know, uh, changes we're seeing to, yep. um, to retail. So, you know, going in um, into a market with somebody like, uh, like JC who really knows what he's doing and uh, you're you're a silent guy. You're an LP in a way that's almost like a triple net. You know, you're not you're not doing anything, and you have the expertise of somebody who who who, who knows it all and who's done it all. Um, and, and JC, I know, always has skin in the game. He always invests his own money in every deal, so you know he's just not out there trying to um, you know take people's money and, and run away with it. He, he's really finding good deals. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, JC, but I know a lot of a lot of these kind of group deals are structured so that the more money the 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 LP makes, the the the, the more money the GP makes. You know, there's kind of a, a tiered system there, so you're kind of incentivized to help people find great deals. Is that kind of how yeah, you we yeah we call that um, investor sponsor alignment of investment interests. So, and we're we're big believers in making sure that. Uh, we make money when uh, the investment capital partners make money. So yes, that's definitely an approach there. So we do appreciate you being in the podcast. I know that uh, we've come to the end here. 
So if somebody wanted to get more information, Shavu, from you about what's going on in the Bay Area, maybe they have a property that they'd like to, to sell or maybe somebody would want to buy, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, they could just, uh, you know, they can look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Shabu Srinivasan, uh, or, or they could probably email me would be a better way to do it. It's just my first name, Shabu, that's S-H-I-V-U at transwestern.com. Shoot me an email, uh, set up a time to chat, you know, happy to connect with anybody, answer any questions, give them my two cents on uh, what's going on out there. That's great, Shabu. We, we, we certainly do appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, that was JC Castillo. And I'm Paul Peebles. Have a great day.